Hi, this is Lori. And this is Rachel. Welcome to Tales, Tales from, from the Rock Side. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Mom. Hi, Lori. Oh, it's weird to call you Lori. You don't have to. You can call me Mom. Yeah, but I feel like, I don't know. A lot of people call me mom. People that aren't my own children <laughs> call me true. mom. That's true. A lot of people call you mom. So that's a good point. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You can call me mother. <laughs> Thank you, RuPaul. <laughs> we're not doing today's episode on RuPaul. No, we're not. But maybe we'll put that in our back catalog as an episode to do because that'd be fun. That might be fun. That sometime. might be fun. Yeah. yeah. That might like be it. fun. That'd I mean, RuPaul started as a singer. Yeah. So. And still releases albums. Yeah, exactly. So. That might be fun. Next week, we've got Spooky. Yeah. Next week, we're going to do just a we talk about favorite songs thing, but it's going to be all Halloween. It's a Halloween. 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 <laughs> but anyway, that's not this that's week. That's not this week. This week, we're going to talk about some real life horrors. <laughs> Yay. My favorite. Favorite. So I'm gonna. This is, this is what I wrote. Oh boy. Today we're going back to the late '60s. Yep. To talk about a band who made beautiful music amongst mm. incredible turmoil. Oh yeah. Mostly stemming stemming from a real shithead, John Phillips. <laughs> Woo. Fun. Yep. We're talking about the Mamas and the Papas. Yep. The Mamas and the Papas was John Phillips, Denny Doherty, Kath Elliott, and Michelle Phillips. Mm-hmm. And the bulk of their career was from 1965 to 1968. Yeah, it was a short, shorter career. Yeah. Shorter band career, I guess. Yes, yeah. yes. The time that they were like a working band. Right. Yeah. Um, their sound leaned heavily on the vocal harmonies arranged by John Phillips. Mm-hmm. And he was also the main songwriter and the de facto leader of the group. Yeah, he was the, the figurehead. Yeah, yeah. They released five studio albums in you know, three, three four years. Three-ish years? That's, yeah, the blog. 17 singles over a four-year period, <laughs> six of which made the Billboard Top 10 and sold close to 40 million records worldwide. So they were very yeah, successful. Very successful. Um, so they started out, uh, John and Michelle Phillips were in a folk act called The New Journeyman. Were they... They were married. Married, okay. They were married. Um, I can't remember exactly how they met. I know that Michelle was 17 and John was 26 when they met. A bit of a gap. Yeah, I mean, honestly, as you'll see, she was too young to get married. Well, um, 17. Yes, yes. I'm 25, and yes. I feel too young to get married. Yeah, yeah, she definitely was too young to get married, and... But anyway, we'll get into that. Yeah, later. yeah. Um, but they were friends with Denny Doherty. He was in a band called the Mugwumps. The Mugwumps. Yes, and Kath Elliott was in that group. That group also had John Sebastian and Val Yanovsky, and those guys went on to form the Love and Spoonful. Oh, cool. Do you know? Val Yanovsky. Yanovsky. Uh, probably. Okay, just yeah. curious. Um, but do you know any of their music, Love and Spoonful? I think I've heard like one or two songs. Their, their biggest song was Do You Believe in Magic. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so very successful also. Right. And I, John Sebastian, I think he wrote the theme song to Welcome Back, Cotter, too. Welcome back. Yeah. That one? Okay. Yeah, that, I'm pretty sure that was him, too. So, anyway. I like that. I like that a second ago. I was like, I'm 25, and I was like, oh, I know the theme song to Welcome Back, Cotter. Of course. Of course. 
<laughs> Life is weird. <laughs> so, um, John, Michelle, and Denny were all interested in kind of going into more pop kind of sound. Right. They were, because these were folk bands. Yeah. You know? Especially the new Journeyman, the one that John and Michelle were in, was a very much of a folk band. And, um... So they decided to, like I said, go in a more pop direction, and they decided to form a band. And Denny suggested adding Cass, Cass Elliot, because he right. knew her from the Mugwumps. But John Phillips was kind of hesitant, because he was concerned that her voice was a little too low for his arrangements, and that her physical appearance would be an obstacle to the band's success. I wish you could see me rolling my eyes right now. I mean, yeah, you I could I can, see. I can almost hear them roll. Can you? Mm-hmm. I'm, they're like, I'm, my eyes going to start twitching in a second. Yeah. That's how hard I rolled my eyes. And also that his her temperament might be incompatible with his. And I think it's just because she was um, very strong-willed. And well, he doesn't like he, a strong-willed woman. No, he doesn't. He definitely sorry. doesn't. He wants <laughs> compliance. Ugh. Um, yeah. She also, she had struggled with her weight her whole life. And, As a lot of people yes, do. And she was very insecure about her looks. Oh. And he was enough of an asshole to make her feel worse about it. I'm sure. You know, John Phillips, as we will see, was real, an asshole. Real dickhead. Yes. Um, the group considered calling themselves the Magic Circle. <laughs> Sounds like a drug. Yeah. It's really, it's really awful. Yeah, I don't like that. They're spelling circle C-Y-R-C-L-E. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. I hate that. That's like, that's, I mean, I like fantasy fiction, but this is like the worst of fantasy fiction. That's like, yeah, that's not even like fun fantasy fiction. Obviously, I like high fantasy, but oh boy. Yeah. And uh, they switched it to the mamas and the papas. This was inspired by the Hells Angels would always call their women their mamas. I I didn't. That's where they called them. First off, I did not know that. Yeah. Second off, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Ew. If anybody ever called me mama, even. If I have children someday and everything, if any if any of them ever call me mama, no thank you. No. Well, I've been called mama by Emily a couple of times. Really? Yeah, but she's it's more like it's more like, hey mama, what you doing? Oh, that, well, that kind makes of, sense. You know, she's not like no, calling she's, me. She's not like mama. No, <laughs> she's not like no. creepy horror movie. No. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I usually just say mum. Yes, you tend to say mum as if mum. you were British. I'm not. <laughs> Weird. But still, like, even, like, if if my boyfriend started calling me mama. Oh, hell no. We would break up instantly. <laughs> hell no. I am, that, Jordan? <laughs> I am not Mrs. Pence and having my husband call me mommy or uh, that mother is or whatever so the hell he calls her. so gross. Oh, here's grandma. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, no, it's thank not. You. No, thank you. Oh, so weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one thing to refer to, you know... Oh, yeah, go talk to your mom or yes. your grandma or whatever. Yes. But in the privacy of your own home, like, yeah. if your kid or kid grandkid is around, you don't call them, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's like, I would say to you guys, go talk to your dad, but I wouldn't turn to Ron and go, hey, daddy. Ew. Well, if you it. did that, we would leave very quickly. Exactly. So gross. <laughs> Me and Emily would be so gone. Yeah. Well, thank you. Anyway, back to the story. I'm sorry. Uh, they all got together in New York City in early 1965, um, but Michelle, like, they were trying to put the band together. Michelle wanted to get out of the cold. She didn't. She was from California, and she hated yeah. being in New York. So, in, I mean, if you live in California, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't alienate a whole bunch of people from California, but I think that if you live in, like, warmer weather than you're, you're like, grown up in that, 
It's, yeah, and it goes reverse too. If yeah. you're used to winter and then you're out in California oh during the winter, you're just gonna be like, Oh, it's so fucking hot. Yeah, we were just in, my snow. We were just in Florida, it was so yeah. humid and gross. Yeah. And I mean I like What'd you get used to. I enjoyed what we like mm-hmm. moved to Disney, so it was fun, but it was so fucking humid yeah. and I yeah. yeah. So. Um, so in early spring to midsummer 1965, they went on a vacation to the Virgin Islands. And that was like a time for them to rehearse and kind of see if they're going to come together as a band. That's nice. See what direction they want to make their music go in. I wish my friends were like, hey, let's all just chill in the Virgin Islands. Seriously. And like nobody had money at this point, yeah. too. So like a lot of the stuff that when they would go someplace, it was all like hitchhiking and stuff like that. I less wanted to do that. They, they yeah. were like, so when they went to the Virgin Islands, I think they were just like, let's find a place to kind of crash together. You know, it was like, cause they didn't have money. Yeah. They weren't like staying. It wasn't like all this luxury, you know, all inclusive yeah. vacation. It's, or they're like, they're like Airbnb, but like sketchier. Yes. Yeah. Before there was such a yeah, thing. That's what Airbnb. I mean. Yeah. I was trying to attract the youths. Oh, okay. The you're painting, you're painting, I'm painting a, a of contemporary picture. Yes. Gotcha. So anyway, it said that John Phillips was having a hard time breaking out of that real folky sound. And because his previous band had only played on in, on acoustic instruments. Mm-hmm. So the, and the rehearsals in the Virgin Islands, that was the first time that they tried playing electric. Thank you for giggling at me <laughs> for trying to lick my fingers so I could turn the page. You like poked yourself in the fucking mouth. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna laugh at that, and then I started giggling. Thank you. We're just painting, giving the picture for everybody. What it looks like at us. Okay, we were also facing each other for the first time yeah, doing this strange. podcast. It's a little funny. I'm now just like watching you I talk. I feel like it's story time. It is. It's cute. Oh, it especially since all, I'm sitting on the floor. Get all tucked in, Rachel. It's time for a story. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> but you also just jabbed yourself in the mouth, which is really great. Uh, it happened. No, it's funny. <laughs> Okay, back to the story. Sorry. Back to story time. Now, Cass, she was in love with Denny. She'd fallen in love with Denny the first time she met him when Mm -hmm. they were in the Mugwumps. And she just, I think he was kind of the love of her life. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had other relationships, but she never had a relationship with Denny. She just loved him. Yeah. Um, He felt like she was a friend. He really, really loved her as a friend. Nothing romantic romantic at all. Um, But during the group's visit to the Virgin Islands, she discovered that Michelle had slept with Denny. Yeah, behind John's back. And uh, that kind of started some of the tension that really continued with the group the rest of their time. I mean, time. that's hard. That's a hard... Exactly. Uh, yeah. Like, at one uh, point, Cass went to Michelle and she said, you can have any man you want and you have to sleep with the one that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John did find out and he wrote the song, I Saw Her Again, mm-hmm. about it. And he probably got a lot of pleasure about making them sing that song in concert. I was going to say, he probably, <laughs> that's probably like a little vindictive. Like a little punishment. Yeah. 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 It's like and, kind of petty, but yeah, also kind of funny. Yeah. So. And Michelle Phillips is beautiful. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen pictures yeah, of her. She's of her. gorgeous. Nothing against Cass Elliot. Yeah. I think Cass Elliot was beautiful too. Yeah. But Michelle had those very classic. Very classic. Yes. Very yeah. willowy, blonde, asymmetric features. Yeah. Yeah. Real like Very soft. beautiful. Yeah. Um, there was always this story about how Cass's voice was too low for John's arrangements. And mm-hmm. there's this story that when they were on the Virgin Islands, that she was walking by a construction site and she was hit in the head with a small pipe and knocked out. Ow. Yeah, and then supposedly when she came to, she could hit the higher notes, which, you know, helped them be able to work her into the vocal arrangements. 
uh, it sounds probably she just probably practiced. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, mean, this is a story that she told also, and was, I think it was kind of like, oh, this funny anecdote. It's probably a funny story. Yeah. But I'm assuming that she actually I just practiced. Really yeah. I, I, she truly did get hit in the head, and she truly did pass out. Right. I don't think that affected her vocal cords. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, it's a funny story, though, so I'll yeah. give her that, you yeah. know? So then they they left. They went back to, I think, back to New York. They mm-hmm. auditioned for Lou Adler, who was the co-owner of Dunhill Records. And that led to a deal in which they would record two albums a year for the next five years. That's a That's lot. That's a lot of albums. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, John... That sounds like not a great deal. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, they had some of the parts were really good. Some of the parts of the deal were good, but I think the output thing was yeah. a little rough. That seems a little um, excessive. Um, yeah. John Phillips was still kind of dragging his feet about Kath being in the band, but he was overruled by Lou Adler, Michelle, and Denny. Like, good she job, guys. truly wasn't in the band until they signed the contract. Right. You know, yeah. Um, I appreciate that group decision of being like, no, she's in the band. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Their first single was Go Where You Want to Go, and that was given a limited release in November of 1965, but it didn't chart. Mm-hmm. But the follow-up was California Dreamin', which was released in December, and it, they had they put a lot more advertisement behind that. It had a full page in Billboard magazine. And it peaked at number four in the United States. Yep. And was, sold, yeah. I've heard it. Yeah, number 23 in the United stuff. States. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the song you think of yeah. when you think of the Mama's Pop. Is that one or Monday, Monday? Monday, Monday, you hear on the radio, too. Yeah. Um, Go Where You Want to Go was later covered by The Fifth Dimension, mm-hmm. and it did become a top 20 hit then. Their debut album was called If You Can Believe Your Eyes and Ears, which was came out in February of 1966, and it went... To number one on the Billboard 200. Yeah. Um, the third and final single from the album was Monday, Monday, and it was released in March, and it was their only number one hit. Oh, it's funny. They were very successful. They had a lot of hits. They just didn't have, like, these huge chart numbers. Yeah. Number and I didn't one know that one. Monday, Monday was the number one. Yeah. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, this is, you know, mid-60s when the Beatles were absolutely dominating well, yeah, that's the charts. True. So, that's true. I wasn't thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Because, I mean, even to get into number one. That's nuts. When you're going up against the Beatles? Exactly. Oh my god. Exactly. I can't imagine. Um, the Monday Monday won a Grammy Award for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals in 1967, and it was nominated for Best Performance by a Vocal Group, Best Contemporary Song, and Record of the Year. Wow. So it was real, very successful in yeah. the establishment, too. Their second album was called The Mamas and the Papas, but it's sometimes referred to as Cass, John, Michelle, and Denny because their names appear above the band's name on the cover. Oh, okay. Um, and, sorry. The recording was interrupted when Michelle Phillips became indiscreet about her affair with Gene Clark of the Birds. Oops. Yeah. And John Phillips was like, no, we're firing her. She's going to be out. And I, I don't know. I think the state of their marriage was just kind of like, they were technically still married. It sounds like they were separated. But yeah, yeah. Like, this is really kind of weird. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, like, they were recording and she was like, well, guess what I did, you know? Probably. Or she was more like, you know, oh, well, I'm, I got to leave the recording now because I'm going to go out with. Oh, I see. You know, something like that. Just not real. And also, probably some of that was, uh, you know, getting back at John. Oh, for sure. That's a, you know. They had a pretty contemptuous relationship, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not not a fault in there, but maybe her timing wasn't all that good. (laughs) Exactly. So, they 
like he said she's going to be out and you know Cass and Denny were kind of like okay I'm sure that they were kind of like <laughs> yeah. we can't yeah I know so they they served Michelle Phillips with a letter expelling her from the group in June 28th of 1966 that's only a year yeah okay yeah and they hired a, a lady named Jill Gibson to replace her. Um, she was a visual artist and a singer-songwriter, and she had recorded with Jan and Dean. So mm-hmm. she had, you know, she was kind of known. And um, she took part in some of the concerts around the time and some television appearances, including a show called Hollywood Palace that was on ABC, and some recording sessions. And they said they, they liked her. She just didn't quite gel with the band. Mm. They thought she wasn't as dynamic on stage. Right. They thought that uh, Michelle had a more stage charisma. So they brought Michelle back in. <laughs> yeah, I know. That had to be a weird... In August, two months later. Yeah. Two months later. Yeah. yeah. So Jill Gibson left the band, and they just gave her some money, and were like, you know, here, thanks for I mean... you know, smoothing things over. Go away now. <laughs> At least you got paid. Exactly. Um, the album had peaked at number four and, uh, I saw her again was released as a single and it reached number five (laughs) in that song. There's like a false start in the final chorus. Um, when mixing the record, the engineer bones, how bones, bones, how good name. He inadvertently punched the coda vocals a little too early and then he rewound the tape, he inserted vocals in the right position. So in the playback, you kind of hear Doherty start to go, I saw her. And then yeah. it kind of stops, and then it comes back in again. Huh. Um, and they thought, they like, they listened to it back, like they were going to fix it. Right. And then they're like, oh, we kind of like it. Let's just leave it in the mix. Yeah, that works. And uh, I guess Paul McCartney said, that has to be a mistake. Nobody's that clever. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and there's some other bands that have, like, emulated yeah, that, that, that little that false start. like, oh, just kidding. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Um, the second single from the album was Words of Love, and it reached number five in the U.S. Then they went on a mini tour with Michelle Phillips, and... I can't imagine being in a bus with your estranged husband, Yeah. and the person that you slept with, and the person who's in love with the person that you slept with. Yeah. Uncomfortable, huh? Yeah. I feel like it would be uncomfortable from every side of that situation. I know. It's almost, it's almost worse than the Fleetwood Mac situation. Almost. Especially because, like, Fleetwood Mac, because they were, and we will definitely cover them. We'll get back. Yeah, we'll come to that. Don't worry. But they were popular and successful in the 70s where the machinery behind a band going on tour was much larger. Right. So they could be like, oh, well, I'm going to take my own plane there. Yeah. Or and my own tour bus or yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't, you know, the mama's papa's didn't, in the mid sixties didn't really have those right. kind of things in place. So I they, uh, truly cannot imagine a weirder situation. Yeah. Or like a more Very uncomfortable situation. Um, when they did like some of their tour of this tour, you could tell that they were, all of the band was pretty, intoxicated on something mm-hmm. um whether they were drunk or high or you know whatever they were stumbling around on stage and just really not doing very good um performance right uh i mean that sounds like a coping mechanism i think so i think so if you ask me um after completing their east coast tour they started work immediately on their third album because this is the other thing is they yeah, had to they pump have, these like, albums they're, out they're pumping so, them out yeah um, this third album was called Mamas and Papas Deliver, and that was recorded in the autumn of 1966. The first single from that album was Look Through My Window. 
And uh, it was released actually before the last single from the previous album was released. Because they're like, yeah, they're, yeah. they're going so fast, you know? Yeah, they're almost just blurring the line yeah. between albums at that point. The second single was dedicated to the one I love. And it peaked at number two in the U.S. And then the third single was called Creek Alley, which was released in April of 1967. And that's kind of a cool song because it, it goes through the history of the band. Oh, that is cool. It's a fun song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great song, but it's fun. It's like it, an interesting. Yeah. 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 And I can't think of any other band that has done that where, like, let's make a song that's talking yeah. about how we How we formed, formed. and all that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. I don't. I can't think of any bands that have done that either. So. Yep. Um, by June 1967, the strain on the group was pretty apparent when they performed at the Monterey International Pop Festival, and that was a festival that John, in particular, had helped organize, and so he was, like, really overstressed. Oh, for sure. And the band hadn't been rehearsing together, and um, Dennerty, Dennerty, Doherty, sorry, why did I say Dennerty? I'm trying to say <laughs> Denny Doherty at the same time. Denethor. Yes. <laughs> And uh, Denny arrived at the last minute from another t- vacation, and mm-hmm. so they just, he, he was drinking heavily because he was still pretty much hung up on Michelle, and... Awkward. <laughs> I know. And then they had to, like, perform together. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, you know, their, their performance is okay, just not, they weren't at their peak. Yeah, well, they were going through some shit. <laughs> yes, yes. Um. So... Sorry, I didn't totally edit my papers. I got most of my information, obviously, from Wikipedia, but also I got some of it from Michelle, I'm sorry, from Mackenzie Phillips' autobiography, Mm. some from Michelle Phillips' autobiography. Um, So at at the time, around this time, too, John Phillips decided that he wanted to have his own studio. So they built a studio into him and Michelle Phillips, who are still sharing a house. Um, I know. Were they, (laughs) I don't, I can't even imagine sharing a house with, like, just like an ex-boyfriend. I know. I know. Or like Crazy. partner. Crazy. You know. I mean, I think they were technically kind of still married. I mean, they were still married. But right. I think they were like kind of. I, I think it was kind of one of those things. Back. Well, I think it was one of those things where they had a tempestuous relationship. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's no, okay. And uh, so, like, they would be like, "Oh well, let's we're, reconcile. Yeah. Let's get together." They did have, I think, one child together. Okay. Um. So, yeah, it was constantly this kind of push-pull, you that know. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, not, not great. But anyway, so he decided to make a 8-track studio in their house, and this was, like, when everything was 4-track, so right. it was pretty, like, state I'm sure it was, art. like, very fancy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there was, like, there was good and bad things about having this studio mm-hmm. in the house, because when when he had to pay for studio time, and we'll see this later on in Kate Bush, yeah. love her, but when you have to pay for studio time... It makes you a little more product oriented. Like right. I have to get this recorded. I have to get it out because I can't keep paying these fees. Yeah, exactly. And when you have your own studio, it's just like you know. I, I mean, can, it's in your backyard, basically. Yeah, you it's can, not costing yeah. you anything. And also, you can take your time. Yes. And... and John Phillips was um, a very much of a perfectionist. Um, I think that's one of the things that caused a lot of problems he had with his personal relationships right. because. You know, he has the expectations of how he people are supposed to behave, and right. people are human, human, and, you know, don't behave the way you wish them to. Well, duh. And he just couldn't handle that. So, but but in the studio, it's like, 
he kind of fell into that like Brian Wilson thing right. too, where let's keep going and keep make going. it better, make and it, keep going, it make it better, better. And, it better exactly. better, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, that that kind of turned into this. You know, they just weren't getting things done. Mm-hmm. Um, so in September of 1967, John Phillips called a press conference to announce that the Mamas and Papas were going to take a break um, because they were just kind of. I'm sure they were fed up just like this. we need yeah. a, a chill. I mean, this has been what two years ish. Yes. Um, so they planned to give concerts at the Royal Albert Hall in London before they took time out on in Majorca to get the muse going again. So they thought, you yeah, know, this worked in the Virgin Islands. Let's go to Majorca. And I mean, that's not the worst idea I've ever heard. Yeah. So when they docked at Southampton in England, um, Cass Elliot was arrested. Ooh. For stealing two blankets and a hotel key in the previous February when they were in England. I don't know what the story is. Weird. I don't know, you know, why. Yeah. It could have been something where she just packed stuff and put it Very away and didn't possibly. think about it. But um, she, was, they, she was transferred to London where she spent a night in custody after being strip searched. Seriously? I mean, yeah. It's like, come on. Also, for stealing like a blanket, like, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I think I think it was like, you know. It sounds. Oh look, let's we've talk. got a we've got a celebrity, and yeah. we've got somebody that everybody makes fun of. Yeah. And let's yeah. It sounds like let's gawk at a fat person. It kind of does. Yeah. It kind of does. Um, apparently she had given the money to a companion of hers to pay the hotel bill and they didn't pay it. And it sounds like a messy story, honestly. Yeah. And apparently the guy that she gave the money to, he was a suspect in some drug trafficking and that's probably, they were like trying to get to him through her. It was kind of shitty. It was kind of shitty. Yes. I mean, the strip show was just pretty shitty. Yeah. So then later on when she got out, there was a party to celebrate it. Aww. And John, she was telling that Mick Jagger. Like yeah, she was telling Mick Jagger about it. And she's telling about the arrest and the trial. And then John Phillips walks up and goes, oh, Mick, she's got it all wrong. That's not how it was at all. And that pissed Cass off. Because she's like, it's my story. Yeah. I was the one arrested. Yeah. Why are you interrupting me? Well, I'm talking to Mick Jagger. Well, I'm talking to Mick Jagger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Oh, that, yeah, and, you know, she's like, you didn't get fucking arrested, dude. Yeah, so she was pissed off. She was ready to quit, and they canceled the tour date. Right there and with they, her, obviously. Yeah, and they didn't go to Mallorca. They just yeah. all went their own ways. Um, Like, John and, John and Michelle went to Morocco, and... As you do. Yeah, and the others, I think they both went back to the States. Yeah. To, like, get out of it. Yeah, I'm sure they both probably both felt like, yeah, let's just go home for a little while. Yeah. Because I feel like I wouldn't... After a situation where your whole, like, band breaks up, I feel like I wouldn't be like, let's go to Morocco. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, you know what, I want to go like, home. Yeah, I don't want to be around you people. Yeah, um, I feel like I want to be, I want to go home and just yeah. chill. Especially because, you know, I mean, John Phillips is a giant dick. Yeah. And, you know, no one wants to spend more time with him than they have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in an interview with Melody Maker, Cass Elliot said the Mamas and Papas have disbanded. She's like... She, she said, we thought this trip would give the group some stimulation, but this has not been so. Yeah, I mean, valid. Yeah. But then they did get back together to complete the album The Mamas and the Papas, which was released in May 1968. So they have three albums called The Mamas and the Papas? At least two. At least two? At least two. Oh, the, you said that the third one was The Mamas and the... The third one was called The Mamas and, and the, the Papas, Papas and Deliver. Deliver. Okay. Yes. So we have two, and then one that's very similar. Yeah. 
if they hear these rustling noises, the dog is walking around and just looking for trouble. Because yes. we've got her trapped in here so she doesn't bark in the other room. <laughs> Come here. Come here, Rax. All right. She's already looking for trouble. <laughs> um, but this last album had the song 1230, Young Girls Are Coming to the Canyon on it. And, That's uh, the whole name of the song. Yeah. It's a long name. <laughs> it's a long name. Um, and 1230, the girls are coming to the canyon, and we're gonna dance, and then we're gonna party <laughs> all night long. Also, I'm trying to think of song names that you just throw in there. You just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Cass Elliot had also re- had recorded some solo stuff. Yes. Sir. And Dunhill Records released a, her, a solo of hers called Dream a Little Dream of Me. Yes. And this was credited to Mama Cass with the Mamas and the Papas. Okay. Yeah, that's how they credit it. Um, I guess John Phillips wasn't real happy about that. Hey, I kind of like that. It's petty. <laughs> yeah. The song reached number 12 in the U.S. and number 11 in the U.K. Uh-huh. Um, and then the, the last single off of that album was called For the Love of Ivy, that it didn't do very well. Mm. Yeah. But the, the the success of Dream a Little Dream of Me kind of said to Cass, this is time to go solo. Right. You know, it's time to go on. So, by the end of 1968, it kind of looked like the group had split up. Well, yeah. What are you doing? Oh, she's missing so much noise. Come here. Come here. We were fine. You were sitting on my lap. Everything was fine. Yep. Um, so, anyway, they Dunhill released them from their contracts. Mm-hmm. And Cass Elliott released her solo debut album called Dream a Little Dream in 1968. Woo-hoo. And John Phillips released an album called John Phillips, John the Wolf King of L.A., I'm sorry. I know. John Phillips, John the Wolf King of L.A. I have a small dick, and I must tell everybody how small my dick is. Apparently. And then Denny Doherty released a album called What You Gonna Do. Yeah, see, look, an album name. Yes. Weird. Dunhill kept, like, repackaging their songs into, like, oh, it's the best of. It's the right. golden era. It's the greatest hits. It's the live album. I mean. You know, they kept, you know. I mean. That's I common. Like, they, they felt like. This band has contractually obligated us to X right. number of albums, so we're going to make sure that we That's common. get those out of them. Um, there was, you know, there's obviously always some, like, contention between them and the label of, you know, we're going to sue you if you yeah. don't you know that kind of stuff. Their last album of new material was called People Like Us, and I think it was mostly, like, stuff that was left over right you know and then some stuff that john recorded that he would then like see who's available and he'd bring them into the studio right. like oh denny's in town let's have him come in and sing on a couple songs too yeah it's just kind of cobbled together it's, it sounds yeah, like kind of cobbled together um it was called people like us mm-hmm. and it was released in november 71 and it had a single called step out but it only really reached up to 81 in the charts right yeah it didn't do great so but i mean everybody at this point they, yeah, yeah by 71 nobody was thinking about the mamas i was gonna say yeah at this point they're all doing their own shit so. yeah yeah um after after the end of the band cass elliott had a fairly successful solo career mm-hmm. she did a lot of touring she um she had a couple tv specials um, she recorded songs like Make Your Own Kind of Music, mm-hmm. and It's Getting Better. Um, yeah, you can see the TV specials on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're pretty fun. She she died of heart failure in mm-hmm. London in July 29th of 1974 after completing a two-week engagement at the Palladium. Um, and she yeah, was for I years, was I say, know. She had a child um, called Vanessa, who was born in 1967, so she's survived by her child. Is she still alive? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and then she's written a 
book about her mom. Has she? I wasn't yeah. sure. But um, there's a, always been this vicious rumor that mm-hmm. uh, she died choking on a ham sandwich. And it was just been, like, fodder for, like, horrible it's comedians fat, yeah, forever. It's stupid fat joking but, and yeah, shaming. Yeah, let's make fun and... of the fat girl. Yeah. And number one, it wasn't true. Yeah, exactly. She died of heart failure. And here's the thing. Here we go. <laughs> here's, the, here's my soapbox. Um, fat shaming does not work. And all you assholes that are thinking that it does, it doesn't. No. And what it caused for Cass is, you know, she was shamed her entire life. She was always the butt of jokes. She yeah. Constantly. And as a result, she was always on some kind of fad diet. She was always taking amphetamines mm-hmm. to try to lose weight. Um, I'm sure she was had some kind of eating disorders as well. I'm sure she did. And all of these things just served to weaken her heart and yeah. kill her. It did not make her into Michelle Phillips size. No, it's, that's not how it works. It, it isn't. You know. It isn't. And if she had been encouraged to say, you're beautiful how you are, yeah. but just treat your body healthy. Yeah. And, you know, she, yeah, she, stay off the drugs and eat healthy food. Yeah. She would have a long, happy life. Yes. You know. Yes. And it's just... Yeah, it's it's really heartbreaking. It's really... Yes, and Bill uh, Maher, I'm telling you right now, fat shaming doesn't work, so fuck you. Yeah, fuck off. Um, I, I, like, I'm, I'm a plus-size woman. As am I. Yes, we're both plus-size women. And, you know, never in my life has somebody has been like, oh, you're fat. Has it made me feel like I have to be perfect, you know? Yeah. It has always made me feel like, I guess I have to stop eating, or, like, something like that. It's never, it's never motivated me to do, to change in a healthy way. No. You know, it's always motivated me to be like, well, I guess I'm gonna start, uh, skipping meals, or, you know, it's never been a healthy... Or the other thing is, is, oh, you mean... I shouldn't be seen by yes. the rest of the population. I should just hide in my yeah. home and never go out. Yeah, and... I should buy 3X large t-shirts yeah. and not wear anything yeah. else. Yeah. And it's unhealthy and it's not it's not yeah. okay. Um, but we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. And luckily, because I was born in 94, uh, when I heard people talk about Mama Cass, was more... So, because it wasn't, like, a common thing to hear, it was more so fans who were saying how amazing she was and stuff like that. So, I really never heard the she choked on her ham sandwich joke. I'll say joke with big air quotes. Um, I'm sorry, my phone is ringing. Oh, oh god, oh god. I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm so sorry. I thought I had my sound off. Um... That was the Sims theme music, in case anyone was curious. <laughs> um, so, uh, when I heard people talking about her, I only heard, like, words of, like, people who really loved her and really enjoyed her uh, music and everything and how she had died tragically young and all this kind of stuff. But I had never heard that joke yeah. statement. Yeah. Mean <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, until I have, like, searched... So on the plus side, it's not, it it hasn't stayed in the public consciousness of Mama Cass. That's that good. That joke hasn't continued. That's, That's you know. Yeah. I truly did not know about it until later yeah. in life. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until I had searched it out. Yeah. So that is good to, you know, think about, you know, it's not a lasting. Yeah. Yeah. That's not one of those, like, rumors that lasts, like, the. That's good. I know that her, her daughters 
uh, book is did a large part of debunking that. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, That's really kind good. Of one of the things that she wanted to do with it. Okay. Going on. Uh, John Phillips had different things he had recorded. He did a country album. It didn't do great. Um, but people said they really liked it. You know, it, yeah. Rolling Stones gave it four stars and called it a genuine lost treasure. Really? Yeah. Um, I can honestly tell you, I don't listen to country music. <laughs> yeah. He wrote songs for the movie Bu- uh, Brewster McLeod and for Myra Breckenridge and The Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, God, I don't recognize those first two movies. Yep. He um, did an album with his wife, Genevieve Waite. So he got later. married? Yes. He was married, I think, three times in total. He was married once before mm-hmm. um, Michelle. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, he co-wrote Kokomo by the Beach Boys. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Interesting. Um, during the 70s, he had a pretty, pretty heavy heroin addiction. Um, he, he kind of lost a lot of the seventies. He was arrested and convicted in 1980 on a charge of conspiring to distribute narcotics. Mm-hmm. He spent a month in jail. Um, and then later on he formed a group called the new moms and the papas. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, he also, and then he was just like, he would be on TV shows right. and revival stuff. And he did a, a, book of his own called Papa John. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a documentary. Yeah, no. And there's a documentary called Straight Shooter, the true story of John Phillips and the Mamas and the Papas. He died of heart failure in Los Angeles on March 18th, 2001. I bet they didn't say he choked on a ham sandwich. No, I don't think they did. Let's start that rumor right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he had five children. And two of his, or three of his children went on to careers in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. One of them was China Phillips. She's in Wilson Phillips. She's the Phillips of Wilson Phillips. Oh, okay. Get it? She's not, yeah, I got it. She's not China, the wrestler? No, she's China Phillips of Wilson Phillips of Hold On. Got it. Yeah. I got it now. I know if you picture the, the video, you'll be like, oh, I know which one yeah, she yeah, is. Yeah, I know. Because she's I, the daughter of Michelle Phillips. Okay. So And she looks a Very lot pretty. like her mom. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was her and then the two daughters of Brian Wilson. Right. So that's Wilson Phillips. And yeah. That makes sense. Yes. And then he had another daughter called Bijou Phillips. These names are ho- so bad. They're so sick. China's not that bad. But it's C-H-Y-N-N-A. <laughs> okay. That is how China spelled it, I, I think. I know. Or was it just one N? I think she, yeah, I think she was one N, but I might be wrong. I think it was one N. I don't really follow her. But anyway. Sorry. Nothing against her. I just don't follow wrestling. But, um. I mean, I don't yeah, think she's wrestling yeah. anymore. Me neither, because she's dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's wrestling up in the, the good hereafter. Yes. And, uh, like I said, he had a daughter named Bijou Phillips, who's been in a bunch of movies. How the fuck does Bijou get spelled? It's B-I-J-O-U. It's, uh, what is it, like a Bijou is an old movie theater? Is that what a Bijou is? I, I don't remember. I have no idea. I really don't. Yeah. Some, it's something like that. It's a horrendous name. I'm yeah. sorry for sorry. her. And then he had a daughter by his first wife, Mackenzie Phillips. You know who Mackenzie Phillips yes. is, right? She had a very successful acting career, yeah. most notably for, um, oh, God, it just escaped my name, the TV show. <laughs> Did you write it down? One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time. I had to listen to the uh, theme song in my head. Nice. Um, I watched One Day at a Time religiously. I kind of remember that. Because it was like, well, you don't remember me watching it. I was like 14 at the time. Never mind. <laughs> I'm thinking of... What was that soap opera you used to watch? Oh, that's one day, one one life to live. 
I'm sorry, they both start with one. Anyway. No, One Day at a Time was a show that was on, that had Valerie Bertinelli. Uh-huh. And um, Mackenzie Phillips. Obviously. And I can't remember the name of the lead actress, but anyway, that's it. Mackenzie's Bonnie annoyed. Tyler. That's it. Bonnie, that's not it. Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie, anyway. Whatever. Whatever her name Sorry, is. Sorry, Bonnie. <laughs> Mackenzie's a normal last name, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was that first. That was with his first wife. Oh, so yeah, probably the early '60s. So normal names. Yeah, it Got wasn't it. in the you know. Let's name our child Alfalfa Sprout. You know, <laughs> I mean, whatever, whatever the '60s were. I'm so glad that Alfalfa Sprout isn't my name. <laughs> I know. I'm like, let's name our child Larcinogenic Acid. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember in The Lost Boys when she, she was like, "Oh, my name's Star," and he says something like, "Oh, my mom wanted to name me Moonchild or some shit like that." It was yeah, so stupid. very, very. Sexy. Watch The Lost Boys, everybody. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, now buckle up because here we're going to talk about Mackenzie. Oh boy. Okay, Mackenzie Phillips in two thousand nine. She wrote her memoir called High on Arrival. Okay. And she said in her uh, book. Yeah. That she had been in a long-term sexual sexual relationship with her father. <gasps> I didn't know that. I know that. you didn't know that. Oh, this, my this God. This is what I was holding back. This is what I was holding back. I didn't know that. And she appeared. Oh, no, no. I need a second. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're okay. good. She appeared on the Oprah Winfrey Show for an hour-long interview. And she told Oprah that she had first tried cocaine when she was 11 years old. And that her father had taken drugs with her and had also injected her with cocaine. During the interview, she read... I've never heard of anybody injecting coke. Is that a thing? I don't think it's a real popular thing. I just hadn't heard of it, that's all. During the interview, Phillips read excerpts of her book. She said that at the age of 19, on the night before her first wedding in 1979... She said, I woke up that night from a blackout to find myself having sex with my own father. Ah. And that when she confronted her father months later, asking him why he had raped her, her father simply replied, raped you? Don't you mean we made love? Ah. So then she she Uh. told Oprah Winfrey of having a consensual sexual relationship with her father, describing her participation (laughs) as a sort of a Stockholm syndrome where you begin to love your captor. The affair ended after Phillips became pregnant and subsequently had an abortion, which her father paid for. Yes. Okay. Um, Gen- I don't like it. <laughs> Genevieve Waite, who was John's wife at the time that it first began, she said she denies the allegations, saying they were co- inconsistent with his character. Michelle Phillips said she thinks that Mackenzie's account is untrue, but China Phillips, and which is Mackenzie's half sister. Right said that she believed Mackenzie's claims and that Mackenzie first told her about the relationship during a phone conversation in 1997, about 11 years after the relationship had ended. Yeah, that's... Yes. And Jessica Woods, who's the daughter of Denny Doherty, Uh said that her father told her that he knew the awful truth and that he was horrified with what John had done. Jesus. So, I mean... It's sounding pretty plausible. Yes. And Mackenzie, um, she had serious drug problems for years um well during her time on one day at a time she ended up leaving the show for a while she was fired a couple of times because of excessive cocaine use um this is a girl who was clearly not i'm a party girl but was i have i have some demons that i am trying to cover right exactly yeah that is sucky yes that really sucks yes 
Okay, yeah, you were alluding that there was something that I didn't know, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just, like, wait and hear about it, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, it can't be that bad. See, there's reasons that Ooh, I say Chuck Hulse was a real oh asshole. Oh, boy. He was a real asshole. Oh, boy. I, it can't be that bad. Yeah. That's what my brain was just saying gross. yesterday. It's just gross. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, even if the allegations are, like, partially true, it's yeah. still gross. Yeah. And I know Mackenzie has still, she's still, like, she's had periods of sobriety, and yeah. then she's had relapses, you know, I that think sucks. it's still, it's just, drug addiction yeah. is such it's a, a bitch. Yeah, yeah. It's a real bitch. It really is. I, but the thing I've always felt about Mackenzie Phillips is, because, you know, and anything I've ever seen her over the years is that she always has impressed me as somebody who's really trying to live a truthful life. Yeah. Um, and I know there were times that she would cover stuff up out of necessity yeah but you know like obviously when it was going on she wasn't talking about what was going on and well when she would be in the throes of her drug addiction and she was in danger of losing jobs she would really wouldn't talk right. about it but then later on when she would be trying to get sober in her sober periods she was always very um open open mm-hmm. about that's what good. was going on with her that's really good that's so, i think that that's probably part of the recovery yeah. process yeah um, Denny Doherty's career as a solo artist really didn't kind of, mm-hmm. did, really didn't go anywhere. Um, he was also an alcoholic for a large chunk of it. Um, he did get into recovery in the early eighties and he Good. stayed sober for the rest of his life. Good for him. Um, he did die of an abdominal aortic aneurysm yeah, on January 19th, 2007. Uh, he had also, um, done some work on he he had been in that new mamas and papas oh okay he was in that and he had done some work on the uh documentary mm-hmm. that had come out too he was inducted in the canadian music hall of fame oh no i didn't know that the can- can- canada 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 <laughs> has its own hall of fame i didn't know that so does canada <laughs> I didn't know that Canada had their own hall of fame. Oh, I want to visit. That sounds like fun. Yeah. And eat poutine. Yeah, all the poutine. I, all I want to do is eat poutine. All the poutine. It's hard <laughs> to those, go wrong with poutine. Those stupid little maple. Oh, those like maple, maple candies. candies. Yeah. I'm obsessed with them. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't like those maple nut ones, but the ones no, that are just the pure ones maple that are, sugar. There's like... I mean, it's like here, pop a tablespoon of sugar <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> Let it melt in your fucking mouth. It's so good canada oh my god yeah that's my that's my dream vacation yeah right now at yeah. least um <laughs> yeah jordan's going canada <laughs> there you go um so anyway so michelle phillips is the last member and we'll talk about her solo chris super short she <laughs> didn't have much of a musical so- solo career but she became a pretty successful actress yeah um sorry that was loud <laughs> yeah she was in a bunch of movies she was in um Knott's Landing was her big, like, TV show, but she was also in Star Trek The Next Generation, Hotel, Bel- <laughs> Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, so she was in some pretty successful right. um, TV shows. Right. And, and a, quite, a, quite a few movies, too. She released, in 1986, she released her memoir called California Dreamin'. This is the same year that John Phillips published his. And according to one reviewer... Man, they, they liked that, like, butting heads kind of yeah. thing, huh? Well, this, according to one reviewer, if you read the two books together, it's like reading the transcripts of a divorce trial. 
Which that's is pretty fun. Actually, great. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, and she what contributed a good way to, to the uh, yeah, uh, documentary. Oh, too. okay. Sorry. What a what a dope way to describe. <laughs> that's actually been great. Yep. So in around 1980, uh, John decided to reform the Mamas and the Papas as the new Mamas and the Papas, and this was like he. He was, uh, this is when he was awaiting sentencing on his narcotics charges and he was supposedly getting clean. That, that seems time. like there's so, if I'm waiting sentencing for non for possession of narcotics or distributing or whatever, you know, if I'm just awaiting sentencing, I don't think I'm going to do anything else. I think yeah. I'm just going to like fucking chill out. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be like, I'm going to form a new band. I know. That's very, uh, I know. Ambitious. I mean, on the one hand, I guess it was more like I need to find a hobby. I need to find something to do to there occupy are myself. So many things. Oh to no! Do. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the thing that he does. I know. I'm this just saying. His, his, you know. I'm just saying. He's a musician, so it makes sense that he'd be like, "Oh, let me go back to this." Yeah, I mean, you could just learn you know. a new instrument or something out there, bud. Well, the only thing he's not thinking of is that you know, if you actually get the band and it's you know somewhat successful, right. and you decide to take it on the road, that's a really hard place to work on your sobriety. Yeah, is when you're touring that's around true. and you're not you know with around your support system. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult. So anyway. Um, they decided to revive the Mamas and the Papas with John Phillips and Denny Doherty and then Mackenzie Phillips taking on Michelle Phillips' parts and, um, a woman named Spanky McFarland from the group Spanky in Our Game. Spanky! Yeah, she was doing the Cass Elliot part. I love the name Spanky. Yeah, so then they kind of had to wait till John had served his jail time and then they started <laughs> Hold on, we can't do anything yet. Yeah. John has to do his jail time. <laughs> yeah. Um, they had their... They started recording in 1981, and they had their first performance in March of 82. Mm-hmm. And people thought, yeah, they, they're pretty good. You yeah. know, they really felt like the old group a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they did some touring, and um, they, I guess they did a residency in Las Vegas and Atlantic City, but they lost a whole bunch of money. <laughs> really? Gambling, I'm sure. Oops. <laughs> um, so they stopped touring for a while, and they started up again, but... Um, John had stayed off heroin, but him and Mackenzie were doing a lot of drinking, a lot of cocaine, some pills, well. you know, it, and they really started having some bad uh, performances, obviously, because I mean... of it. Um, so then, you know, people started, like, people would quit and people would come back, like, Denny, Denny Doherty quit for a while and he yeah. was replaced by Scott McKenzie. Mackenzie Phillips... Sorry, it. Roxy. <laughs> and uh, was replaced by another, like a vocalist. And John Phillips dropped out for a while, and then he came back. It was like this like, whole big thing. So they never really <laughs> got going. Um, yeah, it sounds like everybody was a little busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then finally, John Phillips retired from touring right. permanently. He wanted the out. He wanted them to make an album, but they just really couldn't commit to it. A bunch of the demos had end up finally being released mm-hmm. in 2010, but I don't think it really went anywhere. So, the Mamas and the Papas of themselves, the original band, they were inducted into the Rock and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998. Mm-hmm. They were re- inducted into the Vocal Group Hall of Fame in 2000 and the Hit Parade Hall of Fame in 2009. I didn't know that those last two existed. I didn't know either. I've never heard of the Hit Parade Hall of Fame. Yeah, I wonder if that is a... 
I mean, it's not I as mean, legit. Is it? I don't assuming? know. I don't know. I don't know if they've got a lot of these Hall of Fame things don't have like a physical site. I know. I just love a good museum. I know you do. What's it called again? The Hit Parade Hall of Fame. So anyway, that's the end of our story on the Mamas and Papas. What are your feelings now that we've finished? I was shook. <laughs> I was shocked. I just was like, I'm sorry, what? They don't even have a website, the Hit Parade Hall of Fame, by the way. Uh, yeah, the crazy thing I think about it is that, you know, if you know any of their music and listen to the playlist, I got a playlist out on Spotify. Yes. Um, our Spotify is Tales from the Rock Side. Yes. And sorry, it's, it's noon. It's noon on a Wednesday. <laughs> it's noon on Wednesday, so mm, there's a tornado siren. Siren going off. Anyway. It's just a testing. It's yeah, not it's an actual. Test. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. We got broke. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have to remember to get our recording in before noon on Wednesday. You know, I didn't really think about that. I never that. thought about that. Whoops. Learn um, something new every day. They might, you might not be able to hear it. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so, like, their their music is so, uh, the harmonies are obviously gorgeous. Well, yeah. But they're, it's also just such peaceful Very and relaxing soft, and chill music and for the fucking tumultuous yeah, bullshit that was happening exactly it was really crazy exactly it's not like their music was you know like black flag level of energy <laughs> or something you know right yeah it, so no it's very chill yeah i mean i feel like the ones who are like the most like relaxed and chill but usually are the ones that have the most shit going on it seems to be you know it seems to be really bizarre yeah because they're just like they and it seems like everybody in the band either super loved each other or super hated each other. Yeah, and there's only four members. Exactly. So it's like... <laughs> exactly. It's like really, guys. Yeah, and John Phillips was a fucking mess. Um, he, he was. I, I was don't know shocked. what happened in his early life to make him the way he was, but he was a mess. <laughs> I hate and everything. He's certainly about the way that you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the line is, or something like that. Exactly. I don't remember. And he he definitely whatever pain he had in his life, he paid it forward. So yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Poor Mackenzie. Exactly. That sucks. Exactly. That's crazy. I really crazy. didn't know. Yeah. Because I hadn't. I didn't think so. Because we were chatting yesterday. Yeah, I just didn't know about what we were going to be recording. I didn't. I don't. I try not to let Rachel know too much about what my research yeah. is. I but I knew about the Mackenzie thing. No, I see. I did ahead of time. And I know about Mama Kaz, yeah. obviously, because I really enjoy Mama Kaz. Yeah. It's nice to have some some plus size women in industries. And, Absolutely. You know, she paves the way for a yeah. lot of. She did. Plus, she was an incredible singer. Oh, I mean, for sure. God, she was such a good singer. You watch those specials, you're just like, oh my God. I know. Not only that, I, know. But, I mean, she had really good skin. And I know that's mm-hmm. such a weird thing, but like anytime I watch the specials, I'm like, God, her skin was so yeah. good. <laughs> but, you know, and it just, it, I think too, is like, I, it makes me wonder. Like, she never really had, after she got out away from John, she didn't really have a good songwriter to write yeah. with, you know? So it makes me wonder if she had gotten a good collaborator where her solo career could have gone. Yeah, exactly. Because like I said, she had such a great voice. Exactly. Great voice, really a good performance as mm-hmm. well. She was yes. comfortable on stage, mm-hmm. and yep. you could really tell she was very, you know, yep. it's really sad. It's really sad to think of... You know, 
where she could have continued to go and where that could have brought the yeah. plus size acceptance, which is finally coming around. Well, and that's the other thing is like it would have been nice for her to have been with somebody that could have been like, hey, let's style you in a way that yeah. doesn't just involve putting a tent on. Oh, I you know. know. Some of those outfits she that she wears really were real bad. Awful outfits. Oh, and you full think of, like, on moo moos. Exactly. Really bad. And you think of like the amazing things that Lizzo wears. Oh my god. Just, like, could, yeah. You know, could we have gotten, could have gotten a, somebody? Yeah. Could, could we have gotten a like you know early Lizzo like plus size fat queen would be great. Yeah. 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 Lizzo's costumes are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Her uh, VMAs costumes were really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Lizzo is cool if nobody listens to her. You can just <laughs> listen to Lizzo. She's really, she's just a cool person. Yeah. 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 All right. So that's the end of our episode. Yeah. So I want to again say thank you to Billy Zen for our theme song. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Rachel, for our logo. You're welcome. Thank you, Rachel. Um, we have an Instagram, Tales from the Rock Side, and yes, a Facebook. Please yes, follow us. If you like the show, please recommend us to as many people as you can. Mm-hmm. We really we could use a boost. We numbers. do we do want to get a boost. Um, if you've got ideas for promotion, please send them our way. <laughs> you can always DM the via the Instagram. I'm always I have it hooked up, so it'll pop up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and like, rate, and review us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. iTunes always helps. It gets a little larger of an audience. And thanks for listening. Rock on!